Welcome to the City Women Podcast. I'm Mary Turner, and I'm joined by Ashley Kelly and Sharissa Gray. This season, we're focusing in on the Lord's faithfulness and how that has shown up in the lives of several women here at City Church. These stories aren't finished and are oftentimes messy, but the Lord has proven faithful to them time and time again. We pray today's episode gives you hope and encouragement in your own story as well. Let's jump right in. Please welcome Edna. Hi, Edna. Edna, it's so good to see you. We love Miss Edna around here. Just introduce yourself to the audience. Well, I grew up in a town about the size of Bartlesville in California. Hmm. I drew, uh, grew up in Central California in a town called Salinas. Spent a lot of time over in the Monterey Bay area. So if you know anything about that area, that was my stomping grounds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I loved it there, but God started moving in my life. and. He had other plans for me. That's what we're really excited mm-hmm. about hearing today. And um, we are, we love Edna. She's a fixture around here at City yes. Church. If we ever have something to do, we say, oh, let's call Edna. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what are some of the areas you serve in here at City Church? Uh, Usher. Uh, I work with the grocery giveaway. I've worked with the food pantry for since it was a little tiny closet at the old building. And... Uh, that is an area that I love working in. And then I've done back in the kids area. Uh, I've worked with some of the gardening, uh, just wherever I'm needed. That's what I do. <laughs> I think that's it. Wherever Edna is needed, she's yeah. willing to be. We appreciate that. Well, there was a company in California that their slogan was find a need and fill it. Hmm. And that just kind of stuck with me. I love that's that. a good one. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good life motto for all of us. <laughs> for sure. Well, Edna, I, I know quite a bit about your story. You and I are friends, and we have shared quite a bit together. We've been in groups together. And so I'm really excited to be able to share this with the women. I believe it's really going to be a blessing. But um, where would you like to start in your story? Well, I'm going to start at the very beginning. Uh, I mean, I grew up in church. Uh, it was always a fixture uh, in our family. Uh, I've got a picture of my mom and dad and me on the front porch of the house for Easter. And I have my little white frilly dress on. And I remember that dress, you know, but that was just, that was the way I grew up was, you know, you went to church on Sunday and you had a big dinner waiting for you when you got home after church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the church I grew up in is what I now refer to as a name brand church. And uh, I knew everyone, I was friends with everyone, and I would invite friends to come to church with me. And they'd say, what church do you go to? And they'd say, well, that church isn't very friendly. And I'm thinking, well, yes, it is. (laughs) Well, when I was in my 20s, I moved from Salinas up to San Jose, the big city. And I started looking for a church to go to up there. And I realized that what my friends had been telling me was churches were not very friendly. The reason I thought my church was friendly was because I knew everyone. And so I reached a point that I said, okay, I can do this on my own. I've got a good base. I can go forward. I can handle this. But I didn't have the back support that I had in my home church. And so 
there were a few wrong turns made in there, but the one good thing that came out of it, I ended up meeting a man that would later become my husband of 40 years, and uh, he had two boys, and uh, we were family. Mm. And it was, I can look back now and know that God was involved with that, because otherwise it wouldn't have happened. And uh, there were many ups and downs. There were many health issues. My husband had his first heart attack at 35. Uh, I got a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning. He was a cross-country trucker and uh, had a new baby in the bedroom with me that had been born a month and a half earlier. And all of a sudden, my husband's in the hospital. And uh, it, I was almost relieved to find out it was a heart attack because I had visions of him having been in a truck accident. And where my mind went was not pretty. And so him having had a heart attack, I could deal with because I understood that a little bit better. And uh, he came home, he recovered, he went back on the road. Uh, but just that initial, no, I don't have any control over this. I've got three kids, one of them's a baby. What am I gonna do? So God's provision was always there. And I, you know, whether I realized at the time, in fact, I know at the time, I didn't realize that was what it was. But um, we went through that, and uh, I was on my own path. There was no doubt about that. But fast forward to 1991, uh, my aunt passed away a week prior to Mother's Day. A year later, I got a call from my mom uh, the Sunday before Mother's Day that my great aunt had died. And so I headed from Oxnard up to Salinas to take care of what needed to be taken care of and got a call while I was at the hotel getting ready to go over and see mom at the nursing home that my mom had died. And it was just kind of like, okay, so... Mm -hmm. Got my husband on the phone. He got a hold of the kids and, you know, got everything headed for Salinas and got everything set up. And we got through that. Two weeks later, he gets notice from the company he worked for that uh, if he wanted to keep his job, he had to move to Arizona. Otherwise, to stay in California, he was going to have to find a new job. And he looks at me, he says, what are we going to do? I says, we're going to Arizona. At that point, I had nothing to keep me in California. My mom was gone, my great aunt was gone, my aunt was gone, and that was it. So uh, our youngest had just graduated from high school, so that worked out perfectly too. And uh, we headed for Arizona over Memorial Weekend, went house hunting, ran into a house that was available, had a two-week close on it, and we were able to get that, get over there in the timeline that we needed to be there. He had actually already started work. I went back and started packing. And then he came and we loaded up a truck and away we went. But um, it was just boom, 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 boom. And at some point I realized that I hadn't even grieved yet. Everything had been so fast. 
And I think it was about August. I left a note on the refrigerator. We did not have cell phones back then. <laughs> I left a note on the refrigerator for my husband. I am going back home. I will call you tonight. And when I called, Lisa's, I wondered how long it was going to take before you did that. Mm. He said, I saw it coming. I knew you, ha I knew you had to go back. Mm. And uh, I was able to, to close all those doors that had been left hanging in the wind and come back and then move forward, I thought. But, mm -hmm. you know, God was still there working. I had to find a job. And the job I ended up getting was with a company called Circle K Corporation. And Circle K, unbeknownst to me at the time, was in bankruptcy. They didn't bother telling anyone that that was happening. And uh, so they came out of bankruptcy. There were a couple of smaller companies that kind of took over and ran them for a while. Then they sold out to a company called Tosco. And uh, Tosco ultimately ended up being the largest independent refiner in the United States. And the one thing that worked really well there was the rumor mill. And it was usually very, very accurate. <laughs> and so uh, it was like, okay, we're buying another company. Uh, and, you know, what company are we buying? Phillips Petroleum. Who in the world is Phillips Petroleum? And uh, then it came out that, no, we're not buying them. They're buying us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, at first they said, oh no, everything's gonna stay the same here. All stores accounting is gonna stay in Arizona. So if you work in stores accounting, you have a job. Otherwise you can put in for a transfer. You can either go to Houston or you can go to Bartlesville. <laughs> and of course the initial question was, where in the world is Bartlesville? <laughs> I had to get out a map. I found it. Uh, but uh, it was one of those situations that, okay, I'm in stores accounting. I'm going to stay here. Whoops, no, we're going to sell the stores. Mm. You're not going to have a job. So I went home and I told my husband, he says, so where are we going? I said, we're going to Bartlesville, Oklahoma. <laughs> Why aren't we going to Houston? And I said, if you will remember, you said you would never live in that city <laughs> the last time we were there. And he says, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Bartlesville, here we came. Well, originally it was a move that was supposed to happen in mid uh, year 2003. Then they bounced it back and said, no, you need to be there January 1st, 2003. So Thanksgiving uh, 2002, we were over here looking for a house. There weren't any. Mm. And uh, we ended up renting in Collinsville. We got a house with a six-month lease on it. In about April, we, uh, there was a snowstorm. And Lee says, I don't know if I want you driving my truck. We had a Ford one-ton diesel at the time, four by. And um, so he went out and drove around and he says, oh, the roads are fine. You're not gonna have trouble. Well, it snowed again that night and the next morning it was pretty icy out there. So I headed in, it took me two hours to drive into work. I went home that night and I said, you call Donna, you tell her to find us a house in Bartlesville. Well, there still weren't any. But we went looking, we narrowed it down to two, and uh, called her and said, we want to look at these two again. So we went to one of them and kind of like, why did we look at 
why did we even put this one on the list? So then we went to, uh, she says, well, I've got another one I want you to look at first. Well, as it turned out, it's the one we bought. She said, the man uh, came in and talked to me. He's coming in Monday to sign the papers, but he's given me permission to show it. Mm-hmm. So there's another God wink. Mm-hmm. I mean, that house wasn't on the market yet. So, you know, there has just been so many of those through all of this. Uh, then uh, my husband passed away in 2008 and uh, we had been building a hot rod and uh, it was just one of those okay what do I do with this car now it's in bits and pieces still well after he died I blame myself because if I'd known CPR I could have saved him I knew it was a lie I knew it was where it was coming from but it was still there well, one morning, it's that time you're not quite awake and not quite asleep. And there was a, a man standing at the foot of my bed. He had long dark hair and a long white robe. And a side note, my Australian shepherd was up on the bed with me. And all he said was, it was not your fault, I have taken him home. And I woke up and I thought, what was that? And I looked over at Goldie. She was staring exactly where he had been standing. I mean, just, and it was like, okay, <laughs> uh, that was real. <laughs> Thank you very much, God. I needed that. And, you know, the peace in that room was just, you can't describe it. And so, uh, you know, we, moved forward the people at work were just amazing and I can look back at that now and I have to wonder if I was still in California or Arizona if it would have been anything like that I mean they took over uh I didn't have to do anything they took care of everything for me and I kind of think California or Arizona would have been well gee that's too bad when are you coming back to work uh but here they were like, no, you don't need to come back to work yet. We're okay. No, I need to come back to work. I need to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just, uh, it's unreal. But then I started looking for a church again. And again, I was running into the same problem. And I was trying to figure out, you know, exactly what year was this. And I found an old T-shirt from Easter at the community center. So I'm figuring that it was about 2011 and I had gone to um, the rodeo out at Prairie Song and they had Cowboy Church that morning. And Cowboy Church was just, I mean, it was so right on. Well, number one, it was outside. (laughs) But the other side of it was that what they were talking about made sense. And, it was kind of like, okay, I like this. Well, the next Easter, we were coming out of the Adams building. My friend and I were going for a walk at lunchtime, and Pastor Sam was down there handing out bottles of water with invitations on them to Easter at the community center for Life Church of Bartlesville. Mm-hmm. And Connie says, well, you really liked the cowboy church you went to. Why don't you try this one? 
And so I said, well, maybe I will. So I thought, sure, why not? So I went to the first Easter service I'd been to in quite a while. And I thought, I really like this. Uh, Stephanie was kind of the lead singer on that and loved her voice. Had to get used to the music. <laughs> the message was just, it made sense. And so I thought, well, I'll go back next Sunday and see if, if the regular services are any different. Well, they weren't. It was the same. And that's the end of the story. It's, this has been my church since then. Wow. And I can look back now and I can see God's guidance through it. I didn't see it at the time but I do see it now. And he has been there right beside me through all of it, whether I knew it or not. You know, I thought I had my base. I was established. I, you know, I've got this. Yeah, no, not exactly. <laughs> so yeah. thank you, City Church. <laughs> well, we're so glad. Mm -hmm. And Anna, if you had to sum up your story into one sentence or one phrase, what would you say that that would be? Uh, gone, but not forgotten. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had walked away from the church because I couldn't find anyone friendly, but everything was still there. It was, you know, I pushed it down deep, but it was still there. Mm -hmm. And then you had said that you didn't really see it and, and see how God was moving in all those circumstances yeah. at the time, but you could see it later. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who's struggling, you know, to believe God is faithful and that he has a hand in their life when it just seems hard? Yeah, I think for somebody who's struggling, they need to understand, they need to let go and let God take over. He, he knows what's happened, and he's the only one that can guide you through it. And, you know... We humans, we think, eh, we got this. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need this being that we can't see. Well, yes, you do. And it took me a lot of years to, to understand that. But you wait and you look and watch for those little God winks. And that's when he's working. Well, I've got a question. As you were telling your story, um, I was just wondering, just to make it clear, to me. Um, so you really didn't go to church after you left your hometown and discovered, oh, it's hard to find another church until years later with uh, the Cowboy Church and, and City Church. Is that right? Yeah. I started looking after we moved here and mm -hmm. I visited a few churches and it was like, okay. I mean, when you walk in a door at a church and they're looking you, at you up and down like, uh, why would she wear something like that to church? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they just, they didn't feel welcoming. Yeah. And I, so I just kind of kept looking. Yeah. Well, and so without, you know, giving away your age, if you don't want to, <laughs> that was quite a few years. That was quite a yeah. few years of you, like you said, you know, uh, what was it? Um, gone, but not forgotten. Mm -hmm. And you said that because it's, it had been so many years where you were gone, yeah. but God had not forgotten you and you know church isn't necessarily everything it's really important but god wasn't like you don't want to see me then i won't see you and he held on to you was there anything that you were doing in those years that you would say 
Oh, but I was still seeking him or in relationship with him? No, I definitely was not really. Uh, he was he was holding me by the shirt tails. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, no, you're not going to crash over that edge. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I had one night, I was coming back from Sacramento, and we'd been drag racing all weekend. I was tired. I'd had a couple of beers. And there's one place coming south uh, from uh, Sacramento that uh, it's the Cartina Straits, and there's a big bridge. And if you're going southbound, there is a toll booth on that bridge. And I got to that toll booth. Well, apparently, I woke up just before I got to the toll booth. Oh. And uh, the man inside said, on the other side of this bridge, they are giving away coffee at the roadside rest. You will stop. You will have some coffee. Mm, wow. Uh, that bridge is very high, and there is a lot of water underneath it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else was definitely driving that car. Yeah, he was with you. Because you don't know how long you were. I have no <laughs> idea how long I had been asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that you can see that in your story, you know, that it's kind of the prodigal son, mm -hmm. you know, the prodigal Absolutely. daughter. Absolutely. And, and yeah. he welcomed you back. He was waiting, yeah. you know, arms wide open. Yeah. And and maybe his arms in this instance were a church family just ready mm -hmm. to embrace you. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Which yeah. I think is a great encouragement. Like, I think we, we know of a lot of women in our community who have been praying for their children and praying for people in their lives that, you know, haven't made god a priority or church and so it's like a a testament to like it's never too long no it isn't yeah and he never lets go i mean he <laughs> yeah. uh you know you can say well i i asked god i told god i needed this well number one you don't tell god anything <laughs> uh you can try you could try it ain't gonna work <laughs> but um you know when you ask him direction are you actually listening to his answer or for his answer or for the sign that he gives you? Or are you still going about it your way? Yeah. There was a commercial years and years ago, and I don't remember what it was for, but I remember this little girl It was like, Mother, please, I'd rather do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way we treat God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the threads I see in your story, Edna, is that is a thread of community. And I think you had that for a while with mm -hmm. your husband and then, you know, an immediate family and then work. And then, you know, even here in Bartlesville, your work family. Mm -hmm. But after your husband died, you realized you needed more community than you had allowed for yourself. Yes. And I think that's what church has been for you and what you are for other people mm -hmm. is community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, speak a little bit about that. What does community mean to you? Uh, community to me is people around you that no matter what's happening, you can give them that phone call at two o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and they won't rake you over the coals for waking them up. They're there to say, what can I do to help? Yeah, I just appreciate the goodness of God throughout your story in ways that you didn't recognize until later, mm -hmm. but how God was so good to you in so many places. Yeah. And I agree with Sharissa, it's an encouragement to those. Yeah. 
I think we, we look at you and think, well, oh, well, Edna's always been part of a yeah. church. But to hear that that wasn't a part of your life for mm-hmm. so long, I think that's a great encouragement that it's it's never too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was kind of curious, like you kind of caught us up to 2011. What would you say have been some of the markers or reminders of the Lord's faithfulness for you in the last 11 to 12 years? Oh, goodness, all the God winks. <laughs> uh, after my husband died, uh, I had a hot rod sitting in my garage in pieces. And one of the girls I worked with, she says, well, you know, my husband and I are going to be over there for whatever we had going on at the house. And she says, I'll, t- I'll just mention the car to him and we'll see where he goes with it. Well, he stepped up and finished it for me. Oh. And... Uh, you know, I got to take that thing around to car shows. I mm-hmm. went to every car show Lee and I went to. Uh, and one of the ones I went to was in Mountain Home, Arkansas. And they, they told me, they said, we didn't think we'd ever see it finished. And I said, you don't know me very well, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was something I knew I had had to do. When the time came to sell it, I knew, I just knew it was time. And uh, the fellow that bought it, I knew he and his wife from here at church. You'll still see it wandering around from time to time. It's bright red <laughs> and very loud. <laughs> they, uh, they bought it. He was the one person that didn't want to part it out. Hmm. And um, I walked out in the garage that first Sunday that it was gone uh, to head to church. And I walked out there and I looked around and I thought, Hmm, I got a lot of room in this garage now. <laughs> so, you know, it's just God, things like that, letting me know that, okay, this is, yeah, this is what you need to do now. Uh, at the same time I was getting rid of the car, I had a very dear friend that passed away from cancer. And so it was, it was another time when God took over and say, okay, I've got this. Good. And then also I would say, Edna, with starting your widow's group, I mean, I think it oh, was yeah. for others, but it was also for you. Absolutely. It absolutely was. And that was when you guys had invited me to uh, join that group that you were starting up. And I thought, I'm old. Why do they want me in something like that? That's for young kids. <laughs> and uh, that was one of the best things that it stretched me a little bit. That was our internship, I yeah. remember, yeah. Uh, it stretched me a little bit, but we had such a wonderful group of people in there at that time. There was a lot of sharing going on, so you had younger ideas, you had me for the old old folk <laughs> ideas, and it was, it was wonderful. So when you said, you know, what has been God been telling you? And it was like, I kept hearing this, you need to start a widow's group. You need to start a widow's group. And uh, it was perfect. I met some really, really nice people, some of which have have moved on. Sandy Earl comes to mind. Uh, she was amazing. God's been really faithful to you yeah. to have this second act. Well, Edna, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I know it's going to mean a lot to the women. I hope it'll give somebody a little hint of encouragement that, okay, I can get through this. Okay, ladies, that was incredible. I love hearing Edna's story. 
And um, I just wanted to see what you guys thought. Yeah, I like hearing things that I didn't know about Edna. I think we all, not all, not everybody listening, obviously, but the three of us, we know Edna well. We know her current story. Um, and so I found it very interesting, of course, to hear you know her backstory and, and all of that. And I just really appreciate that she was open and honest with us. And um, I know for me, what really just kind of, and I already asked her about it, and we kind of already talked about it, but just that idea of her, you know, it was quite a few years. It was a few decades of her um, really not going to church, not really pursuing a relationship with God, even though she had that strong foundation growing up, like she said. Um, and then just the idea that God didn't let go of her. He didn't, you know, wash his hands of her or you know, give up on her. He really held her and and continued to direct her life, even though she probably didn't see it and notice it in the moment, but she can look back and see it now. And I just love that. Um, this The whole prodigal daughter idea really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're so quick to judge parts of our story mm-hmm. without time or context. And I think Edna's story really helped pull that out again to me. That there are times where I've looked at things like, God, where are are you in this? And it may be too early to know where he was in yeah. that story. I know he's there because he is good. Yeah. He is faithful. So he's there somewhere. Yeah. I just can't see it. Mm-hmm. So rather than making a quick judgment on, well, God, you just don't care. How about I give it the time to be, and you know, with Edna, I mean, we're not talking a few years. We're talking 30, 40 years before you can sometimes see where were you in this part of my story? And now I can see why. These things happened with with her mom, with her aunt, mm-hmm. what the the job moves. At the time, she may not have felt as clinical as she made it sound here. You <laughs> yeah. know, she's very logical. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, there may have been more emotion and all of these things mm-hmm. even. And, and I know it would be for me. But to have that confidence that, God, I know you're in this. I don't see, but I trust that you have a plan here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been coming here for seven years. And I think all seven of those years, I've known Edna. And I've seen, like, what God is doing in her life now and how she's always serving. And I love her widow's group. Like, I love that she stepped out and was faithful to do that. Like, she heard God kind of prompting her that way. And she is never without people around her table, you know, like, (laughs) and I mentioned it, like, I really have said, do you need to borrow some folding chairs from the church? Because it continues to grow. And so just the fact that she opens up her house once a month for these women, and maybe they're doing puzzles, or maybe they're doing a craft, I don't know what all they do. And then who wants to go to dinner, you know, and anywhere in between, she's always open and willing to provide space for her community. And I love watching that part of her story unfold, because I don't know, we didn't, I didn't get to ask her. But was that true of her life before? Mm. Was she as quick to gather the people Mm. and do the things or was it really like a kind of a rebirth you Mm -hmm. know of oh this is what living in community is Mm -hmm. supposed to look like yeah yeah that would have been a great question I know I know I had so many just now oh I could have asked (laughs) this I know that's how it happened yeah I, I think also the that um I have the idea of of her kind of following along the, the lines of Genesis 12. We've just done our Genesis study, and so mm-hmm. I guess that's why it's fresh on my mm-hmm. mind. Um, the idea where God called Abram, and he asked him 
to go from his country, his people, his father's household to the land he would show him. And Abram, Abraham went. Mm-hmm. And I think of that with Edna. I mean, obviously her moves, that was part of it. But also the idea of her widow's group or, or different things that she's done. Mm-hmm. She heard the voice of God and she went. She didn't necessarily know what was going to be on the other side of her obedience. She didn't know she was going to find this community here. She didn't even know the widow's group was going to last more than a year Mm -hmm. or be such a blessing to her other people. So many of the things that she does, I think she just very simply, okay, God, Mm -hmm. you've asked me to do this. I'm going to do it. She she went. She did. Mm -hmm. She goes. She does. Mm -hmm. And it's really awesome to see God's faithfulness on the other side of that obedience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that kind of um, trust in God is something that takes years to develop sometimes. And I think maybe for her, maybe it was heightened by the years that she wasn't necessarily developing that. But yet God was still faithful to her in the end. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, God, you have been this for me. So yes, I will do that for you. This is nothing, you know, just like this is the least that I could do. You want me to go help with a meal at church? Yes. You want me to meet this person? Yes. You know, Um, I wonder if that Mm -hmm. maybe subconsciously, maybe not always consciously, but, you know, she's experienced and understands that she doesn't deserve the love of God that she has, but, but God loves her just like all of us, you know, like Mm -hmm. we can't do anything to deserve it. Um, and when we can have that realization of like, God's just, you're too good for us, but yet you still hold, you still remain, you hold on to us. You, you know, um, so what, what would I not do for you? Yeah. Well, and I think something else I was even thinking about kind of an encouragement or challenge to our listener is she talked about like the different times she attempted to go to church and never really felt welcome or felt like it was the right fit for her and and I hope that what she said was true for her that Easter Sunday is true for other people Mm -hmm. and what does it look like for us to play the part of welcoming the new person and you know being willing to share our story and whether that's at a city women event or here on a Sunday morning Mm -hmm. um, just what does it look like to look for the person who maybe has never been here before or seems to be alone and just bring them in and we don't know each other's stories, but I think like just that hospitality and willingness to bring you in and become friends, you know, mm-hmm. is really helpful and beautiful. Yeah. You never know when the next Edna is walking through the door. This has been another episode of the City Women Podcast. We pray today's conversation has encouraged you and given you a deeper perspective of how the Lord continues to work and move in all the parts of our stories. If you have questions or would like to share your own story with us, please email us at citywomen at citychurchok.com or click the link in our show notes. Please share this episode with a friend and invite others to listen along with you this season. We'll be back next week with another amazing story. And in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at citywomenok.com.